0: In fact, Jesus said they are our teachers and we've been blessed in this spiritual family to have several children born recently and we have several young people sitting on this front row and throughout the building and we are to look at them as teachers of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And in this text, one of the things that we are to see about children is their humility, That's the point that is made in verses 15 and 16. He says that you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you, not his humility, excuse me, his dependence. We must be dependent like a child because it is only those who are dependent upon God who enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, when you think about how dependent children are, they are born dependent, aren't they? I mean, there are some animals in this world that when they're born, they come out and they're walking and doing their own thing pretty quickly, but not humans. If you have a child and you leave it on the side of the road, you're going to have not a child because that child from the beginning is highly dependent upon its parents. And as they grow, children remain dependent. It's their nature to be dependent because They are incomplete. They are underdeveloped. They are vulnerable. They are immature. And Jesus looks at us and says, that's all of you. All of you are like that. You are underdeveloped and immature and incomplete. We must enter the kingdom of heaven by recognizing how dependent we are upon God. But not only is it our nature to be dependent, it is God's nature to be dependable. (laughs) Because God is perfect in His understanding of who we are and what we need, and He is of such a character, He gives it to us always for our good, the writer of Deuteronomy said. That whatever God does, it is for our good always. And so since we are dependent and he is dependable, then we, like children, enter the kingdom of heaven by being totally dependent upon our Father. And we continue to live that way. Now, Mark goes on in this section to give us an example of somebody who looked like they were quite dependent upon God. Notice it says in verse 17, that as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up. He's energetic like a child. He knelt down before him. He was humble like a child and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's spiritual. Here's a man who is spiritual, humble, and enthusiastic. This looks like What the kind of person enters the kingdom of heaven should be, like a child. Looks like that, right? But you know the story here. With this man, Jesus says to him, go sell, verse 21, you lack one thing. What do children are? They're dependent. They lack things. Go lack, you lack one thing, go sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And the text says, he was disheartened by the saying, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He looked like he was dependent upon God, but that was only on the surface. He looked energetic and humble and spiritual, but he was not fully dependent upon God. He had what I call a Jesus and faith. A lot of us are like that. We think, well, I'll be able to get along in life as long as I have Jesus and. As long as I have Jesus and my health, I'll be okay. As long as I have Jesus and my family, I'll be all right. As long as I have Jesus and my retirement, I'm going to be okay. And Jesus says that kind of faith is no faith in the kingdom of heaven. Faith in the kingdom of heaven is one that is totally dependent upon Jesus. Whether I've got possessions or not, a retirement or not, whether I've got my health or not, whether I've got friends or not, if I've got Jesus and I'm following Jesus, I've got all that I need because I am dependent upon Him and He is completely dependable to give me all that I need. That's challenging, isn't it? Do you have that kind of faith in God that is not a Jesus and faith, but simply, I need Jesus, and that's all I need? Secondly, as Jesus, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, Jesus again uses a child to teach us a lesson. This one talks about not just being humble and dependent towards God. But it says when you're humble and dependent towards God, it will change the way that you deal with others around you. So look at Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child. By the way, isn't it interesting that whenever Jesus needs a sermon illustration, there's a child right there. It tells me that there were children that were just, you know, commonly around Jesus and the disciples. They were welcomed there, welcomed around Jesus. So he needs to make a lesson. They're arguing who's the greatest. And he calls to him a child and he puts him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn, repent of your selfish thinking and become like children. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This was an important moment in the ministry of Jesus. He is about to define what a disciple looks like, what a citizen of the kingdom of heaven looks like. And he could have easily gone over here and got Peter and said, Peter, come up here. I want you all to see. This is my right-hand man. If you're going to be in the kingdom of heaven, you've got to look like Peter. But instead, in this pivotal moment, what does a kingdom citizen look like? He gets an anonymous child and says, you've got to have the humility of this child or you're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven. That child was a contrast to the selfish ambition of the disciples who were arguing who's the greatest in the room. And Jesus goes on in this text to describe what this humility looks like. Our humility is not just something where we bow our heads and we look kind of humble and we speak real softly and kind. Humility is seen by putting the needs of others above ourselves. That's humility. And in this text, what he says, and this is so helpful to me, and that is to be humble, we treat each other like we would treat a child. That's what he says. Three times in this text, he is going to repeat the phrase, little ones. You treat one another like you would treat these little ones. And so he says, beginning in verse 7, Woe to the, to the world for temptations to come. It is necessary for temptations to come. But woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. So he says, if you have a situation where you're going to cause somebody to sin... You don't need to do that. In fact, how would you feel about someone who purposefully caused a child to sin? What is that? That's horrible. I mean, that's criminal in our world. And what Jesus is saying to us is that when we treat one another harshly, when we are condemning of one another, when we are fussing and fighting with one another to such an extent that we cause each other to be aggravated to sin, he says, you are sinning against a little one, he goes on to say. And so, don't be a part of that. Secondly, he says in verse 10, see that no one of you despises these little ones. And he tells a story about A shepherd who has a lost sheep. How would you feel about if one of the little three or four year olds among us got lost? And we're sitting in this room and and you look around and you think, oh no, they're not here. And then we search the building and they're not here. How does everybody in this room feel? Do you feel a sense of urgency? Do you feel a sense of concern? Now here's Jesus. Souls that are lost are little ones and you need to care about them like you would care about a child who's lost. And the last illustration he gives is in verse 15. When he talks of brother who sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him. If he listens, you've gained a brother. And in this Little section. What he says is, if you have a fellow believer who has sinned against you, you are to treat it like it's a little one. How would you feel about someone who has this little three or four year old come up and, and screamed and yelled at him, and you know stole something and, and did something or wrote on the the, the wall? It makes you frustrated for a minute, right? But do you hold that sin against that three-year-old for the rest of its life? What do you do? You realize the weakness of a child. You instruct. You try to help them get better. But you are quick to mend that relationship. And Jesus is using this illustration to show us what it means to be humble Here it is. A humble person is someone who doesn't, through their actions, lead somebody else into sin. A humble person is someone who is caring about those who are wandering into sin. A humble person is someone who is quick to forgive their brother and sister in Christ. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are humble, like a child, humble enough to serve someone else's life, their salvation, and their forgiveness. Well, if we're going to be entering the kingdom of heaven, we got to be like a child. And that means that we are dependent upon God. It also means that we are humble towards others. And finally, look with me at Matthew chapter 21. Chapter 21, guess what? Jesus has more children around him. And he's going to use them to teach a lesson. And in this lesson, in this text, Jesus points to their enthusiasm. Uh, When I read this, I couldn't help but think about our son Jack. When he was young, younger, uh, every night, it didn't matter what the day was like, when he went to bed at night, he always said the same thing. This is the greatest day ever. Just had the greatest day ever. And I'm thinking, don't you remember what happened today? But it's always the greatest day ever. You know, children have short memories and they have, they're quick to have fun, aren't they? They are, they are quick to enjoy the moment and the things that are around them. Now notice what happens in our text. I begin reading in verse 12. This is the the week before Jesus is to be crucified. And He enters the temple and He drove out all who sold and, and bought in the temple and He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And He said, it is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you made it a dinner robbers. Religion has not changed a bit. Religion in most places is about self where people come in to a place of worship and only think about how it's affecting them. And that's how it was in the temple that day. People were coming in, seeing about how they can make money, not about how they could help others. They were just thinking about how they can make their own life happier and easier, and they weren't concerned about others. But notice what Jesus went to the temple to do. Verse 14, And the blind and the lame came to Him in the temple and He healed them. Jesus is in worship for others. That's called humility. We just saw that. The humility of a child is concerned about others. But now notice in verse 15. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that He did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David. They were indignant and they said... Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, "Yes. Have you never read, 'Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes you have prepared praise'? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Here were the chief priests, these religious leaders, And they saw the work of God. They saw the miracles that were going on before them. And instead of seeing them as opportunities to praise God, to say His Son has arrived, they find it as an opportunity to criticize. On the other hand, and by the way, we can often get like those chief priests and those religious folks. We can get to where when we read about the character of God and the works of God, we sit here and we yawn and wonder what's for dinner. It's just boring to us. There are these little children and they're seeing the work of God before them and they can't help but just break out and say, Hosanna! God is among us. And they are fulfilling the Old Testament prophet David in Psalm 8 who says that's what children do. God has ordained even his praise to echo forth from children. And so one of the things that we can learn from children is their enthusiasm. Have you lost your enthusiasm for God? Your amazement at his character and his work that he was willing to save you? You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless... You are as dependent upon him as a child upon its parents. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are humble enough to care about the people around you and quit arguing about who's greatest. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you have an enthusiasm for who God is. And might I say in this text to those who are young around us, God sees how you worship, and it matters to Him. The worship of young people is very important. Don't ever sit there with your, slump, your, your shoulders slumped and your mind somewhere else thinking as though this is just for the adults. God sees the way that you worship, and it matters to Him. In fact, the way that you worship, don't be, be enthusiastic as you possibly can. We need to see that from you. And when we see that from you, like we did at our 915 worship, and we saw all you guys read scriptures and lead songs, I want to tell you, that encourages us, that strengthens us. And you know what? You've got work in the kingdom to do beyond this assembly. All you young ladies and all you young men, when you go out and serve and when we serve in the kingdom, come with us. Let's do it together because God is concerned about the worship of young people. But secondly, our worship needs to be as sincere and as joyful as the worship of a little child. One of my favorite uh, pictures on the Internet was in our 915 worship. I think Parker put it in there of a little boy with his Bible like this. And he's got his mouth wide open going. When's the last time you ever did that when you studied? Because, my friends, compared to our God and our Savior, we are all as dependent as possible. And He is amazing. And we ought to be enthusiastically praising Him. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you come like a little child. But do you know what? Even God knows what it's like to be a little child. I had a thought this morning at the Lord's Supper. Can you imagine having a a new thought at the Lord's Supper after all of these years? I did. And when we took the bread, it it reminds us of what? His body, right? How did he come in a body? He came as a baby in the body. And the blood reminds... Oh, I spilled the beans, didn't I? And, And the grape juice, the cup reminds us of what? His blood. Where was the blood spilled out? On the cross. Do you know what Jesus knows? He knows the fullness of human experience from the moment he comes as a baby to the day that he dies on the cross. And why did he do that? It's because he humbled himself to the Father's will to be obedient so that he might, through his obedience to God, save us from our sins so that we, having been saved from our sins, can all join with our brother Jesus and praise God forever. The way that we're saved is through a child. A child that was born, the Lord Jesus Christ, dependent for a time, humble to his father, and went to the cross so that we might all be able to glorify and praise the Lord through him you're here this morning and you'd like to become a child of God, that's how we all start. Nobody comes into the kingdom of heaven as a major or a sergeant. We all come into the kingdom of heaven the same way and we stay right there. We're all children of God. And if you need to enter the kingdom of heaven today, why don't you put your faith in Jesus Christ, depend upon Him to forgive you of your sins, express your obedience to Him by being baptized into Jesus Christ, and allow Him to take away your sins. If you need to respond to the gospel, please do as we stand and sing.